0: This program does not provide medical advice. We assume no liability for the information provided on MindForce Radio. Please consult your physician before beginning any exercise or nutrition program.
1: This is Roger LaPointe, and I have known Bob Whalen for many years at this point, and he is one of the most intense individuals you will ever meet. Go MindForce Radio. From Mind Force Radio, this is Natural Strength Night with Maximum Bob. On Natural Strength Night, we don't talk about the other things Bob likes to talk about. Tonight, we only talk strength training. When I say strength training, I don't mean training like punk ass goons in the muscle magazines who jacked up on juice, steroids, and PEDs. I mean natural strength. Strength built on good food, heavy weights, and no shortcuts. If you want to learn about real natural strength, weight training, the right way, the old school way, stick around. Bob and his friends just might teach you something.
2: He's here, the host of Natural Strength Night, Maximum Bob Whalen.
0: All right, Big Jim, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks, Bob. It's great to be here the day Bob Hoffman died. Could you uh, elaborate on that a little bit?
3: Well, Larry Bruno owned the gym, and Larry was a died in the wool York Hoffman man. Every plate in that gym was York. or the equipment was from York. He would drive down. And Larry had a, a 73 Pinto, and he would drive down, and he'd pay, purchase weights by, you know, hundreds of pounds of weights. He'd transport, you know, bars, power racks, anything he can fit in on or on top of that Pinto, he would, you know, he'd drive back. And, um, uh, that's, that's the only equipment we had at the gym. And Tommy also was a, a died in the wool York man. He competed in Olympic lifting for many years. In fact, he even appeared in the last issue of strength and health, uh, one of his contests. But I think it was like sometime in like late July, it was in 85. And, uh, Tommy time he come in, and he he had heard the bad news that Bob Hoffman had passed away, and uh, he told Larry, and Larry was uh, he was visibly uh, moved by it because he got to know he got to know Hoffman and some of the New York gang when he was down there. He had worked in New York, uh, I don't know like the mid '70s. He spent some time there. He was there for like six months. He'd worked there. He came back to New York I think his father. Had sick, but uh, he had spent time. He got to know. Hoffman and Grimmick and Jan Dellinger, and uh, I, I, it must have been like heaven on earth for him because, you know, like I said, he was a Died in the world York guy from day one, and uh, it was reflected in, in Bruno Southcorp. Everything was York, and I, I have a couple of York Olympic 45-pound uh, plates that I have from back then. When uh, when Larry sold off the gym, he got rid of everything. I have uh, I have two of his 45s.
0: You and Bruno ever talk about the uh, Hoffman Weeder feud? As far as we knew, there were, there was
3: no feud because there was no such thing as weeder at uh, at Bruno's. The, he didn't he didn't sell any. He didn't sell or advocate uh, muscle and fitness fitness or muscle, is fic, muscle and fiction, as we like to call it. Uh, um, there was certainly none of his Weider's garbage products on the scene. Uh, everything was. Uh, Mostly, it was York. There was there was a local brand from Long Island that he would sell to some, you know, crude supplements. But everything was York. <laughs> we had the York uh, York High Protein, the York Super High Protein, the Ener- <laughs> oil was like drinking gear oil. I mean, that, that 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 was horrible. <laughs> but tell, uh, tell
0: us, tell everybody again, like you were telling me. See, before the show, me and Jim were talking about the same stuff here. But um, you made some funny comments about. Hoffman's Protein from the Sea. (laughs) Tommy
3: had actually purchased, or he he had tried it like years ago. And I've never said, I I, I collect a lot of the old magazines. I've seen the old ads for Protein from the Sea. And Tommy described it. And the best way to describe it would be as follows. He basically said it tasted like dehydrated fish guts. uh, If you can (laughs) imagine what that tastes like. I can only imagine, you know, you, you... you, you you lay your money on the counter, you buy the shit, and then you open up the can. What it was, what it must smell like, and then what it must taste like. But I don't know.
0: <laughs> I used to, I used to drink that Energel stuff too. I I used to buy all of his stuff, the brewers yeast, and I mean uh, just about everything he sold. I tried it at least once. Pretty much, yeah. I was
3: the same way. Uh, the brewer's yeast was putrid. It was. I, I I tried mixing with orange juice, and that was another thing Larry tried. You know. Brews yeast and just uh, liver tablets, and you know he had his taking the little liver tablets like a hundred a day, and uh, and that those you can get you know, you could drink it down. It wasn't wasn't so much a problem, but the brews yeast was putrid. I mean, that's how do you drink that shit? I don't know.
0: So here's some questions from our, our listeners. Do you do power cleans as part of your regular training, Jim?
3: No, I don't. A um, couple reasons. One, I, I was never really that good at them. And um over the years and this, you know, this is going back a long time but I remember Dr. Ken used to write about, you know, he did not recommend doing them uh unless you were an Olympic lifter and you were training and of course you had to you had to include them in your in your training regimen but unless you were an Olympic lifter you should avoid doing them. And I kind of followed his advice on that one and uh, I think it's a good idea. Especially now with with CrossFit and everybody, you know, it's it's gaining popularity. And while it might it might breathe new life into Olympic lifting, I, I still think, and I agree with Doctor Ken, is unless you're an Olympic lifter and you know what you're doing, you should not do them, because there are just too many things can go wrong.
0: Yeah, cr- CrossFit. There's been lots lots of injuries. I mean, every day, I, just about every day, I'm, I'm reading about something. Saw somebody get hurt doing something. I, I, I admire them for. You know, you, their hardcore attitude. It's just that uh, you can't just take a grandmother off the street and have her do power cleans. You There's going to be bad results with that. Yeah, how would you describe your speed of motion that you most often use?
3: You know what? My speed of motion, I, I train at regular speed. I don't try to train slowly, although I know Drew uh, trains like this, and I've tried it with Drew over the years, and it, you, know, you can make great games doing it. I mean, just take a look at Drew. I mean, the guy's big and powerful. But it's something I just, um, unless you have the right machines, which he does, it, it's something I, I really was, I never really got into super slow training. I never really tried it. I have nothing against it. But it's just something I never really got into doing. And the the way I train can best be described as regular speed. I don't go too fast. I don't try to jerk anything. But... Neither do I try to go slowly, to you know, go too slowly.
0: Okay, let, let's get into the details, because when you say regular speed, that could mean a lot for different people. But when I hear you say that, I, I just consider you don't count at all on the positive side. You just, like, push it up and let the weight judge how fast you're going to get it up. You just get it up. But lowering the weight, it's more under control. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct,
3: yeah. The, the weight kind of decides how fast it goes up, and it's funny. It, it, when, when the weight goes higher, it goes up slower, but I try to lower everything under control. If I'm if I'm doing a bench press, I'm not going to let the bar crash. If I'm squatting, when I lower myself, I'm not going to crash, you know, into a full squat position. It, it'll be under control, and if I can't control it, then it's too heavy, and I'll back off, and I'll use less weight. But, yeah, when I... When I do the positive phase of the lift, normal speed, and then lower it under control. If that makes it, you know, a little bit more clear.
0: Oh yeah, and just an update on Drew because I know when you were training with Drew, that was a while. That was like several years ago, right?
3: It was a while back. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen him in a while. I, I spoke to him when we when we did this a couple of months ago. But uh, it was a while back. I first met Drew. God, it's uh, it's over 20 years ago. But uh, I trained with him for many many times.
0: No, because he did do it for a while there, but he only did it for about two years. For the last several years, he's actually back to regular speed. He's been back to regular speed for a while now. And he also got rid of a lot of his machines. He still has machines. He loves machines, but he was doing almost all machines and only machines for a while when he was doing the slow. But uh, now he does a lot more free weight stuff mixed in with it. He trains more like you. I mean, you kind of combine it now. You do a combination of free weight and machine, right, Jim?
3: Pretty much. It's mostly free weights, but, you know, there are a few machines that I like to use. And speaking of Drew again, I, Drew can go out in the yard and lift a log, and he'll be big and powerful. I mean, he's just that's just the way he is. And he, the way he trains, you know, he trains so hard and so intensely. It doesn't matter whether you give him a machine or a free weight or or anything. Drew was a big, powerful man and, a, and a, very, a very good trainer, too.
0: If you're short on time, you know, with your schedule, of how do you simplify your workout and still get great results?
3: Well, if I was pressed for time or you didn't have unlimited time in which to train, then I would just cut out some of the smaller movements. I would, uh, you can do one movement. You could do, say, pick the deadlift and do a couple of all-out sets of deadlifts. You know, resting, you know, say three sets of deads, 10 reps, do your 10 reps, rest a minute, and do that. And you'll be done quickly. And you're going to give yourself a very good workout. And it's going to train most of the muscles in your body. Or you can just do, they do squats and bench presses, one, one all out of set of squats, and then a couple of sets on the bench press. And It'll, it'll be done in less than, if time is, you know, if you press for time, then you can do something like that, and you'll still, you'll get a good workout, and then you'll still be able to meet your other obligations, whatever they may be.
0: Yeah, you just wrote a great article last week for Natural Strength, and I like that picture, too, of you lifting up the granite rock. Uh, can you describe to us some of your best granite stone workouts?
3: Well, what I do with the stones, I will go outside. It's gotta be it's gotta be weather permitting. I'm not gonna do it in the rain and it's the ground's gotta be dry. If the ground is wet, I'm gonna have craters in my backyard and my landscape is gonna kill me. But I try to do it, you know, this 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 is the best time of the year for, for stone lifting. You know, late spring, summertime. And I'll do it. I'll I'll warm up with the uh, my one eighty stone, do a few lifts. And then I'll work into the two twenty. If I'm feeling ambitious, I'll I'll do the two, I'll shoulder the 260. Everything, all all my stone lifts, I lift on the ground, reposition my arms, and shoulder it. Most of the time I work with the 220 pound stone. The 260 pound stone I have is, is, I can only do for like one rep. And, but most of the time I'll do the 220. I'll do it for several reps, rest a minute, come in, you know, wipe the sword off my hands. And I'll go out and I'll, I'll do another three or four reps. And I'll do this. And I'll like a goal number of reps, whether it's 15 or 20. And that'll be the work. However long it takes me to hit 15 or 20 reps, and that's the workout. And what I also, last year on my birthday, I, I did the 180 for 50 reps. And I, I, it took me hours to do it. And my, my forearms would shoot up like you wouldn't believe uh, because they are, it's a granite stone. And... Your, your forearms take a beating.
0: Didn't you just have a birthday, or is it coming up? Because I know it's sometime close in July, right? It's
3: coming up, and I, and I plan on doing something else, you know, so something similar with the Stones this year. I, I'm not sure exactly what, but weather permitting, I'll be out there again with the Stones. And I'm, hopefully That's I'll uh, get some pictures and I'll, and I'll write about it.
0: What is your current workout right now? Go over what you do.
3: Well, I'll train twice a week. I don't, it's not the same days every week, just because of my uh, my rotating a work schedule. One day I will go in, I'll, I'll squat off the rack, and I'll do you know, military presses off the rack. The second day is probably, usually a deadlift day. And if I go to the gym, I'll do regular deadlifts, or I'll do deadlifts off the block. Or if I'm home, and I've been doing this lately, I have a two inch thick bar that I purchased from Iron Mind years ago, and I load the bar. And i'll do um overhand deadlifts, and in addition to strengthening your back it also it's a very good workout for your grip It strengthens your hands and then after the deads i'll use dumbbell pressing and when I do dumbbell presses it's it's a one arm dumbbell press one arm at one arm at a time. I do it in strict form I don't try to jerk the weight or use you know use my legs I just clean it, and I put my feet together and I try to press it. Uh, in perfect form, like uh, like uh, an article I read about how Grimmick used to do his exercises, and I try to do it like that. And then after that, I'll do, maybe I'll do a, a set of shrugs, and that's usually the workout. You know, a few intense sets of deads, presses, or squats and presses, and then either shrugs or if I'm in the gym, I have, if, I'm at the, if I'm at the gym, I have access to a chinning bar, I'll, I'll maybe do some chin-ups. And that's that's pretty much the movements that I do. I'm not going to waste my time doing things, you know. You can do, I guess, the calf raises, or you can do, you know, curls. But uh, I prefer to stick with, you know, multi multi joint exercises, heavy compound movements, and I, it's worked pretty well for me. And you know, especially if you're a, a drug free trainee. You're probably better off doing a little bit less than doing too much, especially you know, if you have a, a tendency to have, be a hard gainer. Then you're definitely better off just sticking with the basics and just make sure you work it. Work it hard and work heavy, and that will be enough for anybody.
0: And, Jim, as a firefighter, you can't afford to get injured too much because you're like an athlete and you've got to be ready to work all the time. What techniques do you use now, especially that you're getting older, to train hard, stay strong, but stay injury-free?
3: what I try to do is i try to listen to my body a little bit and if i feel you know strong energetic then i'll push the weight so i'll try i might try to push for a heavy single before i back off and do you know higher reps if i feel soreness i'm not going to go into the gym and try to train if i if i haven't recovered from my last workout if i'm training i get to the gym and i just don't have it and for anybody training, for a drug-free lifter, you're going to have days when it, it just ain't happening. And instead of trying to do anything foolish and, you know, push through a workout and try to go for a maximum lift, maybe I'll back off. And instead of trying something heavy, I'll shoot for 20 or 30 reps. And I think it happened one day. I was supposed to squat, and I, I was, my back was sore. I was tired. So I went to the uh, – they had a hammer leg press – and I just try to get, you know, I loaded up with like 400 pounds. And I try to do like 30 perfect reps instead. And the higher rep, I wasn't, you weren't hurting yourself. And I was, but yet at the same time, I was still getting a workout. And, you know, you try, I try to, and also too, I try to warm up thoroughly. I'll stretch before I, before I begin. And I'll make sure I give myself a lot of warm-up sets. And it also helps too if everything's warm, if you... If it's cold outside and, you know, you're coming in from the cold, maybe spend five minutes on a on a treadmill or a stand master or, you know, the life cycle, just to raise your core temperature a little bit.
0: What are some of your favorite isolation movements?
3: I, I guess a guilty pleasure would be for me, I guess, would be uh, maybe like wrist curls, just to strengthen my grip, strengthen my hands a little bit. I don't like uh, doing regular curls. I don't do curls. Like somebody else we mentioned before, I won't mention the guy's name, but if he's listening, he knows who he is. But uh, seriously, uh, yeah, I I have dumbbells at home. I'll do uh, like wrist curls. Not not that I want to pump up my forearms, just to strengthen my grip, strengthen my wrist, strengthen my hands, because I still like to use the grippers. Not that mm-hmm. not that I think that wrist curls really translate well to uh, crushing strength, but just overall hand health and overall enhanced strength. Right. So that, that would risk us probably my guilty pleasure.
0: Yeah, because I, I don't really consider that uh, isolation. Cause, you know, gr- I consider grip work hardcore. And I, I put that in a separate category. But, you know, we we have friends. We won't mention any names. We have friends that make jokes and they say stuff like, uh, don't tell anybody, but I do curls. It's like a joke, right? <laughs> 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 so, But anyways, now... <laughs> One, one final question. Um, I, I know that you have pretty much the same philosophy that I do. We don't like to rely on supplements, but that doesn't mean that we're against supplements. We're just against BS supplements, and that means most supplements. But for my, me personally, I think that there are a few supplements that can be helpful, and I call them targeted intelligence supplements I'm in favor of. I might take a, a few things. Are there a few targeted intelligence supplements that you take?
3: yeah there are a few things i like to take i uh i take a multivitamin uh mineral i usually like the uh it comes in liquid form i like to take that i think it gets absorbed better when i take it in liquid form i like the um i started this around the beginning of the year i was able to find it after many years of not seeing it desiccated liver and we kind of mentioned it before but these are uh, 40 grain liver tablets these things they're pretty big they're not they're not the biggest pills I've ever popped in my mouth. But these, they, the 40-grain liver, and I take them. Um, years ago when I was powerlifting, I would take like 30 a day. Now I take about a dozen a day. And I take that. And I also, I take a uh, protein powder. I found a good protein powder. Not, you know, it's, maybe it's not like the most popular ones that you see at the, uh, the vitamin stores. But it's mm-hmm. the basic protein, about 20 grams per serving. And it doesn't have a ton of ingredients. It's uh, very low. It's, uh, it's got like less than one gram of sugar. It's low sodium. And it also it's low in carbs. And it, uh, and most importantly, it's chocolate and it tastes good.
0: <laughs> now, how would you define your diet now if you were going to simplify it? I think
3: I try to uh, eat sensibly. I try to use like a common sense approach. I don't try to uh go on to like a fat diet. I don't believe in eliminating carbs and uh because I think it's foolish, but I think if you just eat smarter i, I do try to eat fruit you know several times a day. I try to you know, eat enough protein i don't I don't want to eat too much protein because I think it's no good for you too much of anything isn't good and I think everything you know everything in moderation is probably good way to approach it and I try to eat a, a decent breakfast I'll have, you know, moderate lunch and for dinner, you know, if I'm going out for dinner, I just try to be sensible. I don't, you know, I I try to avoid f- uh, fried foods as as much as I possibly, you know, as much as I reasonably can. And I don't try to really deprive myself of anything. And um you know, especially now this time of the year, um you know, if I feel like having ice cream, I'm going to go out and have an ice cream. I'm not going to buy like a, a diet ice cream that tastes like shit. I'm going to go and get a nice <laughs> ice cream.
0: Yeah, if you're going to do it, you might as well get the best one, right?
3: I, I, yeah, I agree. I, if, if you're going to do it, you know, they, they used to have these uh, cookies and these low-fat cookies and these low-fat donuts. If you're going to do something, just go to a bakery, get yourself a nice piece of cake or whatever, and splurge. And then if you have it once a week, it's not going to kill you. Right, God will still love you. You know, if you do it, <laughs> if you eat that stuff seven times a week. It's no good. Yeah, it's bad. But once a week, it's the the world will survive.
0: So Jim, in the fire station, you have to eat there several several times a week, right?
3: Uh, I eat there. Um, I pretty much have no control of what they what they make.
0: So you have a firefighter cook there who uh, you know cooks the meals for you. or well, how does that work?
3: Most firehouses, they usually was ever working. There's usually one guy. He'll step up and take the bull by the horns, and he'll decide he's going to make what he's going to make. And uh, almost everybody is a good cook. There are a few guys out there who should not be allowed in the kitchen to cook. not going to mention you any names. Do you take turns but...
0: cooking? or I mean, do you, have, do you take turns with it, or do you have like a regular people or a regular guy that cooks? Or do you, it sounds like you all take turns. Is that true?
3: Most of the guys take turns, um, but it depends who's working. Uh in, in every group, there might be one guy that stands out, stands out as being a little bit better cook than some of the others, and he'll grab the bull by the horns. He'll decide what they're going to make, and it'll be the other guys will help him, but it'll be his meal. And that's usually how it works. And like I said, most of them are, are good cooks, and for the most part, they they make meals that are actually good for you too. A lot of guys are very conscious about eating healthy and eating good foods. And the meals are not only satisfying, they're actually they're not bad for you, too.
0: I just want to thank you, Jim. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show again, and we're going to have you on again soon.
3: Bob, I had a great time. Thank you very much, and I look forward to it.
0: We'll be back with more right after this.
4: This segment brought to you by VitalNutritionStore.com. Did you know that more than 7 million Americans suffer from coronary heart disease, the most common form of heart disease? Regardless of your age or condition, adding Cardio for Life to your daily regime will dramatically improve your cardiovascular condition. Cardio for Life has been the top-selling enlarginine product in the marketplace now for more than three years. It is also the top-selling product at VitalNutritionStore.com. Formulated by Dr. Harry Elwart, the best-selling author of Let's Stop the Number One Killer of Americans Today, Dr. Harry believes together we can prevent and reverse heart disease. Cardio for Life comes in three wonderful flavors, orange, peach, and grape, and is gluten-free, sugar-free, and sodium-free. Please see our complete line of natural products at vitalnutritionstore.com. That's V-I-T-A-L nutritionstore.com
2: randy roach shocked the world with the release of his first volume of muscle smoke and mirrors several years ago it was a masterpiece of over five hundred pages with such in-depth research and detail that it was not only surprising but shocking and mind-blowing it was truly one of the best iron game history books ever written he followed that with volume two another epic book with over seven hundred pages of equal depth and detail all serious Iron Game fans need to have these books. Please visit Randy's website at randyroach.ca. That's R-A-N-D-Y-R-O-A-C-H
5: hca Listen to how Iron Game legend and the Iron Master editor Osmo Keha describes the book Supernatural Strength. Have you ever wondered how much real world experience authors have when they write books about weight training? Who is that person behind the computer? What do they really know about the Iron Game? If you picked up this book, Supernatural Strength, you have definitely come to the right place. The author, Bob Whalen, has spent several decades in the Iron Game trenches, training himself, competing, and coaching in powerlifting earning academic credentials too numerous to mention, and thousands of hours of training and instructing athletes and trainees of all levels at his Washington, D.C. gym since 1990. He's not only devoted his life to motivating and pushing people to heights they have never been to, but elevating the trainees' understanding why certain methods work better than others. Bob is one of the most respected and revered trainers in the business today. This book is sure to surprise and amaze you at the same time. Order now at SupernaturalStrength.com. That's SupernaturalStrength.com. Don't
1: you think it would be so much easier getting into shape if you had a personal coach? Just like all the celebrities do. Well, now you can. Bob Whalen of webstrengthcoach.com wants to get you out of your rut and coach you to success. He's dedicated to helping you achieve your strength and fitness goals through your hard work and his expert guidance. Bob will help you with strength training, muscle building, fitness, nutrition, and motivation. He'll make sure you achieve your maximum physical potential. You can get one-on-one training with Bob through his website, webstrengthcoach.com. He will develop a personalized program tailored to your individual needs, a program right for you. Bob will give you feedback after every workout. This is old school fitness and nutrition, no fads and no gimmicks. Bob will use proven natural techniques to make sure you are satisfied. So visit webstrengthcoach.com today and let Bob help you reach your best self, webstrengthcoach.com.
2: Do you enjoy history without social engineering, reading about our founding fathers, economics from a capitalist perspective, wisdom from modern patriots? Welcome to UncleSamBooks.com, where virtues like rugged individualism, hard work, and the American dream dominate. UncleSamBooks.com, great books for homeschooling. UncleSamBooks.com. If you want to become as strong and muscular as possible with health in mind and without lowering yourself to using steroids, the best advice can be found in the classic strongman books of long ago. These are the best books ever written on the subjects of strength training, weightlifting, strongman training, iron game history, and old-time physical culture. Many of them can still be found at physicalculturebooks.com. There you will find good, Honest, time-tested wisdom from the great old-time strongmen. To maximize your natural muscular and strength potential, please visit physicalculturebooks.com.
5: Listen to Ken Manny, head strength and conditioning coach at Michigan State University, describe the book Iron Nation. A masterpiece text on some of the most intriguing and compelling personal stories, iron game history, and gut-wrenching training routines ever put to paper. If you truly love hard training without all the frills of pomp and circumstance so common today, you will love Iron Nation. Written by lifters for lifters. If you love weight training, you will love Iron Nation. Order now at ironnation.com. That's Nation.com. If you would like to promote your business on MindForce Radio, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know if you are interested in a 30- or 60-second voice commercial or a banner website ad. Please contact Bob using the contact information provided on MindForceRadio.com. You're
6: listening to Natural Strength Night on MindForce Radio.
0: Our next guest is Drew the Human Wall Israel. He's one of the most respected strength coaches around. He's also one of the strongest drug-free guys you're going to find anywhere. He's been on the show several times before, but it's been a it's been a while since he's been on. I think he was on Walkabout. <laughs> human Wall. It's great to have you back on the show. How you doing, Drew?
6: Hey, Bob. It's really great to be back on the show. How you doing? It's great. It's great to hear you.
0: How was your walkabout? You were gone for a while there, Drew. Is everything all right? <laughs>
6: I'm back from Australia, walking in the wild. i got a great
0: question for you to start things out, because I know over the years, yeah. I've known you for like 20 years, and you've brought up so many funny stories about your workouts with Dr. Ken. And I know right. Dr. Ken helped you a lot, because he trained you hard, and uh, you know you got some great stories. Drew, describe the first yeah. time you had a workout with Dr. Ken and then elaborate on it and maybe go over some of the most memorable workouts you've had with Dr. Ken.
6: Well, Dr. Ken, the first time I went to him, you know, I was uh I was expecting a workout like I had done in the gym before. I I was used to training in gyms. And when I got to Ken's, he uh he proceeded to massacre me. I didn't realize that, you know, I was going to be under such severe attack. And, you know, I was nauseous after about four minutes. And he goes to me, we still got about 12 minutes of work left. If you have to vomit, take the bucket and vomit. And, you know, I was thinking all of a sudden, you know, I was thinking about how the gym workouts, you know, were, were very far away. They didn't mean anything to me. Because you know he was just he was just hacking away and crushing me, and you know I basically uh ended up on the floor after he was done he i did a i remember doing something like a set of fifty reps in the squat machine, and it took about eight ten minutes, and I hit the floor like I was shot, and I was down on the floor and uh he he showing no compassion whatsoever you know looked at me and said. Alright, I'm going upstairs. I'm shutting the light off. When you're when you're done, crawl up the steps. And he just like walked up the steps and left me there in a heap. And uh <laughs> it was with the lights out it was lights out. He shut all the lights off. I guess he wanted to conserve electricity. So he shut the lights off and left me left me in the dark. Lying there, <laughs> at the tip of the door. <laughs> so what I don't happened, think I could have found that well after the, I, I i i crawled up the steps eventually, I don't think I could have found that vomit bucket even if I wanted to with the lights out you know and i I crawled up the steps and I got up there and he goes, "Hey, Drew, help me move some machines you know i got I got to the top of the steps, he wanted some machines moved, and i I helped him I was nauseated the entire afternoon it was uh <laughs> it was a typical, though, of what would happen when I would go to Kenny's. I would get psyched up for a session where I felt like I was going to vomit. I knew every session was going to be close to being just totally sick. So I prepared for it mentally. On the car ride out there, I would visualize each repetition and my and my response to the repetition, not just the repetition, but how I would respond. In my brain, I would picture me responding to the repetition because I knew it's so important that you know that if I do it this way, my body will catch on to what I'm doing, and I have a much better chance of really focusing on doing the repetitions and not just crush, getting crushed right away. And it did help. I would I would just, I would be focused on something, and I would just in my brain count. I would count repetitions in my brain while he was while he was trying to destroy me, and. uh I would do that for 15 minutes, and sometimes I came away uh, I came away just, just sick, but I was able to walk. You know, I was wobbly, but I was able to walk. But most of the time, honestly, I would hit the floor. Kenny had me hitting the floor hard. I didn't hit the floor lightly. I would dive onto the floor. And uh, But Kenny taught me a lot of things. I learned a lot from him. I learned about intensity, you know, in terms of you don't need much exercise if you're truly training hard and how fast it gets you strong it's amazing how fast you get strong training in an abbreviated manner so i was really sold on it uh i i stopped training the way i had been training at the gym like everyone else trains you know these hour workouts hour and a half workouts which were construction workouts but where you just wear down and i stayed with the abbreviated training and uh, just the way Kenny did it with me, and, I, and that's the way I did it. And I continued going to him for these workouts for five, years, five six years. I was going out to his house, and he, you know, he'd hammer me. He'd just hammer me. Some of, one, some of our workouts took six minutes, seven minutes. You know, we'd do two exercises, or sometimes just one exercise, and I'd be so messed up, that would be it. I'd be on the floor rolled up in the cradle, you know it would be really like it would be like total massacre, and I would get so much stronger from it. There were workouts that I did with him where the next workout I was ten pounds stronger, fifteen pounds stronger, you know very fast. it didn't take very long to to increase my strength so i was I was sold on the high intensity training, and Dr. Ken, in that sense, you know I definitely owe a debt of gratitude because he he showed me he showed me about high intensity training and he showed me how to do it and how to do it so that it works not just not just doing something that's passing time where it's not working so uh he really helped me
0: that's a great story Drew i know that you've changed your training a little over the years have you ever used power
6: cleans well philosophically i never really uh believe for the average person in doing power cleans but, you know, I got a machine once uh, from Texas, a Powernetics machine, uh, the power trainer, and you could do cleans on it. And you could do cleans where a lot of the impact of the low back was was uh, removed so that you could actually make the exchange from the lower region up to the chest without throwing your back out. So for a while, I was doing power cleans because this machine enabled me to do it, but I would... Uh, for me personally, if I had done power cleans with a bar, I'd have injured myself. Uh, but over time now, you know, I, I don't. You know, I'm not one of these people who get crazy. You know, get crazy about. Uh, you know, if someone doesn't do something, that means that you know, I can't. I can't deal with them because they're not doing it. I was never. I was never like. You can't that. talk to them so, anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was never like that. I, I, was, I always believe if someone does it, they do it. And even if it philosophically it's something that I uh, don't believe in, I could be very friendly with someone who does power cleans. It wouldn't make me not be their friend. So uh, right. I did it for a little while, and then I stopped.
0: Is that machine you were talking about, is that the Dominator?
6: No, this one I'm talking about was called the Power Trainer, and you could bench press on it, you could uh, deadlift on it, and you could do power cleans on it. And the handles spun. So if you did power cleans, oh, okay. you you know, the, the handles would spin as you brought the weight up. It was a really good machine. Uh, it's by Powernetics, and uh, it's a really good machine. I still have the machine. I don't have it here. Someone's holding it for me because I've run out of space. I have so many machines down here that I have my bed... And my machines, if I make a right turn off my bed, I hit a machine. And and conversely, right. if I go left, I hit a machine. Drew, oh.
0: remember that article I wrote about you about, what, 18 years ago? And I took that picture of your bed in Hardgainer, <laughs> and the machine was right next to
6: it? Yeah, no, I remember that. You know, it's and pretty much
0: still like that, except that you might have changed the machine. There's not the same machine in front of your bed, but you still got machines all around your bed, just like the picture, right?
6: All over, yeah. Same exact thing. You know, uh, you know, making making my bed is pure hell. It's pure hell to make my bed. I get I get jabbed by the machines on both sides. Uh, no, uh, so I have a couple of machines that are being held by someone. I would like to get that power trainer back in here. It's a big machine for me though. It's eight feet long, and I don't have any space. I would have to take apart something and uh i would hate to take apart my power rack you know so i don't know where i would put it it would be a difficult difficult decision but overall i've enjoyed having these machines even though you know the average person may think it's crazy if they see this i've loved training and i, I love having the machines it's been a lot of fun over the years and i wouldn't i wouldn't change that for anything i would have been a lot more unhappy if the, if there were if the room was barren just filled with furniture I'm very pleased That's that I right. had, had the machine. So uh, right. yeah, no, it's a it's a good thing. That makes you the human wall, right? Yes.
0: <laughs> You're not some regular guy. You're Drew the human wall. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So That's... Drew, this is a chance for you to update everybody because a lot of people are under the under the impression, mainly because of the article you wrote in Iron Nation. But I, I just. Talked to Jim in the previous interview, and uh, I think he was under the impression that you were still doing the super slow. And I told him how you only did that for a couple of years, and for the last what, several years, maybe ten, you have not been doing it. So, uh, but why don't you just give us an update? Your current workout, your speed of motion, uh, your two-year period of slow training, and how you know whatever whatever your opinion on the speed of motion is now.
6: Well you know to start with you know i did the slow training when i did it uh that's when it was at its strongest in terms of people doing it there were more a few more people doing it i found that uh you know it over the over a period of time i found that uh you know my strength was actually diminishing you know and this was one of the big things that i didn't realize initially when i was training that way but initially, I was losing I was losing overall size on my body and, and strength. And uh, when I finally, you know, when I finally uh, found this out, you know, by experimentation between going back to a faster speed, going back slow. Now I understand if you're going to switch from one speed to another, there has to be a period of time to adjust because your, your body, neurologically, you're not going to just adjust from going slow to fast. It's going to take a few workouts. So I would do that. I would give it enough workouts so that my body would adjust, and I could really see what was going on. And the slow training, uh, you know, I felt lacked. I just felt it lacked. Uh, it lacked results. I would, you know, I just wasn't getting what I wanted after the initial phase. And plus, I was, I was starting to look. I'll never look emaciated, but I was, I was starting to feel emaciated because the training, the training, you know, makes you look more like a. Um, or to be a bronco a bronco rider one of those guys who takes the bulls and and ride and and tries to tackle them i was i was feeling more so i was feeling more uh in good shape but not strong and i stopped training super slow and went back to training the way i've always trained that was after a few years and for a long long time now i've been training you know at a regular regular speed you know 44 four, Know, three, four, in that, in that range, and, uh, you know, I get much better results.
0: I, I correct people all the time when they mention that, and I say, well, for the last ten years, Drew hasn't been doing slow, you know, but uh, I'm glad you had a chance you know, to I update that. Now, it, it took you a while, though, to realize it. I mean, it, you stuck with it for two years, and I, I think you still right. think it's good for some, you know, like, to switch back and forth to or to do when you're injured or something like that, right?
6: Well, I think for people who have, like, chronic injuries, things that really bother them, super slow training is fantastic. You know, they can really, they can train, and, you know, if they've torn something and it's in the process of healing, they have a chance to go back to training, especially, you know, at at the slow speeds of 10-5 or 10-10, and uh, they can get away with it. So I think for people who are injured for rehabilitation uh, issues, I think it's fantastic. You know for that i think uh is, I think that's its strong point. People who are hurt are just training to get back into better shape, and they may always stay with the super slow because they you know they won't get hurt, and you don't get hurt the impact forces are much less you know uh if if you look at the overall picture, the impact forces are much less, and if you're injured, hey, you know who can argue with someone and tell you know it makes sense that they should do it uh I just found that, you know, besides impact forces being lessened, my strength was being lessened. And that's why I didn't want to do it. You know, uh, I just had to stop. And it has been a long time since I've done it. Uh, Right. More than 10 years. I wouldn't knock. And I wouldn't knock anyone who does it. You know what I mean? Everyone... Everyone's different. Some people feel—I'm sure some people feel—they're getting stronger doing it. But I, I'm always very right. careful when I want to find I, to find out if something's making me stronger or it's not.
0: Do you find that because of the slower, kind of retarded progression process right, with it is right. that probably the main reason?
6: Right. I think what happens is you get stronger in the beginning. When the weight starts to get really heavy, you can't push through a rep unless you unless you go faster anyway. Because at a certain point you get to you know you get to X amount of weight, you can't do it unless you actually fall through, and that's against the, their rules. Falling through, falling through would be where you pick up speed to get through the mid range. So uh, the weight is it becomes the weight becomes uh, literally like an anchor because you can't go heavier. You get to a certain point, and that's well, Yeah, the weight is not the top about...
0: priority. The weight is more like second or third on the list. They put other, yeah. they put uh, form or speed of motion, uh, yeah, they they put speed of motion ahead of poundage.
6: Right. Yes, that's what they do. And, uh, you know, it's it, it doesn't make any sense. When you're getting to weights, you know, you get excited because you want to set some personal bests. You just can't do it. One rep, the value of one rep, training at a 10.5 or 10.10 speed could be as much as 40, 50 pounds for one rep. Now, how are you going to push through that when you're, if, you, if you're if you not going to cheat on it? You're going to stick to the rules. Uh, the only way you'll be able to make a gain over a three-week or four-week period is by putting a two-and-a-half-pound plate on on the machine. And, you know, you may have to hope over the next three months you can put a few more 2 and a halfs on. So you're not going to get as big and as strong as you can get because the weight is holding you back.
0: I completely agree even though we both think it's okay to use once in a while, but that's why we don't use it full-time. Yeah, the next one, Drew, you know, suppose you're short on time and you have to simplify your workout. And I know for you this wouldn't be a problem. I guess this isn't probably a question I should ask you because your workouts are so short anyways. (laughs)
6: Right, right. But how
0: would you simplify your workout to get great results? Maybe while you're at it, describe your current workout because some people don't realize how short your workouts are but they're so great because you hardly anyone understands how hard you work unless they see you go over that through uh
6: well you know basically i I do compound movements I'm, i'm not that's all and i'll do two or three exercises for my entire workout you know and um That's a normal workout for me, two or three exercises. So that's not doing something where I'm rushing it. You know, my workout takes eight minutes, ten minutes, and I'm done. Uh, When I train, I'll do something like a typical workout would be, let's say I'll deadlift. I'll deadlift a set of 20 reps or 25 reps, and uh, it'll knock the crap out of me. But as fast as I can, I'll get over to the uh, bench press, and I'll bench press. And then I'll finish with a row. I'll go and do rows, and uh, that'll be a workout. Right there is a, a great strength workout. You know, I'll get bigger and I'll get stronger, and I don't need to take more than ten minutes, twelve minutes. Believe me, if if if, it, if I was if I believed that training to a greater length of time would get me stronger, I would do it. You know, I I would do it. I'm a I'm a strength guy. I believe you know I believe in you know that's what we're training for to get stronger, and and you know i just it, i just uh i just see that this abbreviated training enables me to give 100% to a set i don't have to think i got to hold back because i got a second and third set coming up i'm thinking i got one set i'm going to go all out i'm going to crush myself and then afterwards i'm going to wobble over to the bench press do that and then i'll wobble over to the row do that and then I'm done, and that would be done twice a week, uh, mm. two workouts like that, and it, it works. I mean, it really works. I enjoy it. I really do. It's something that I, I think that, uh, yeah, I would always want to do. You know, it's it's like a sport. I think training abbreviated style is more it's more like going out and playing a sport. You know, you got to get it done. It's hard and you know you're shaking and it's more like an athletic athletic sport so uh I, that's why I love it I always like the idea that it feels like a sport when I'm doing it if I were to train for an hour in a gym or longer it wouldn't feel like a sport you know I like I love the idea of getting stronger while feeling like I'm you know I'm doing something I'm on the I'm on some field playing an activity
0: and Drew, what techniques do you use now, you know, since you're getting older, uh, either with your warming up or with your selection of exercises or just any tip at all you could give us that help you
6: stay injury free? Well, you know, I, I stretch, every workout I stretch and I still will use ice you know, ice and heat if I'm you know, if I'm feeling if I'm feeling sore. Uh but stretching is key. I believe I really believe that as you get older you know, you should stretch more and more. You know, 20 minutes of stretching, 25 minutes of stretching, you can make it a lifestyle uh, because once I do that, I don't have to worry that I'm going to pop my back out on the first repetition or the second repetition. Uh, I'll warm up when I do these exercises, but, you know, once I get going, I go. And, you know, I'll always have stretched first. Uh, it makes a big difference.
0: Andrew, are you currently doing any... Uh... Odd object lifting at the end of your workout, like finishers. Uh,
6: you know, actually, these days I'm not doing any odd lift exercises, and I miss them. I re- I really do because that was, you know, I- I'm going to go back soon to using my uh, torpedoes. Uh, I like the mm-hmm. torpedoes a lot. I have I have really heavy. I have like 160 pounds torpedoes, and each mm-hmm. one weighs 160 pounds, and they they're great. So I can use them for farmers walk. I can use them for deadlifting but i you know i don't have i used to have heavy dumbbells up to 200 pounds and uh we used to you know do all sorts of stuff with those things we'd press them we'd try to go as far as we can you know your grip just gives out like crazy when you're holding a pair of 200 pound dumbbells so uh mm-hmm. no i i just i miss doing it i'll go back to it i'm going to go back to doing some of that uh farmer's walk stuff and uh the prowler i like where we get down and push it hard on the cement you push it push it push it and you know you feel like you're going to have a heart attack it's brutal you know you put weight on one end of it and you feel like you're going to die but you just push it and uh sometimes you know when you you look back and now you know you got to bring it home you wonder how you're going to do it because you're you're just on the ground breathing like you breathing like you're breathing through a tube so you know you have to find a way to get back up and push it back home uh, it's a great exercise, except it ruins you for about five days. If you do it right and go like a hundred yards each way, you got to take about five days off. You just you just shot. You're in a coma. You're lying on the bed, just staring vacantly at the you know at the television set.
0: Hey Drew, what's yes. your favorite steakhouse in the whole world?
6: Oh, Peter Luger's Steakhouse. Now you're talking. Peter Luger's is great. Yeah, I've There's been nothing... there
0: with you a few times. I love that place. What's the biggest steak? What's the biggest steak you ever had at, at Peter Luger's? Have you ever had steak for three by yourself?
6: Yes, I have. Yeah, I had a steak for three, and uh, and I, I I finished it off with uh, chocolate mousse cake. And it was it was fantastic. <laughs> the chocolate mousse cake, you know, just knowing that it's there kept me eating. It was great. You know, eating a three eating a three pound four pound steak that's delicious is just. Uh, Fantastic. I'm going to go back there, as a matter of fact, real soon. I wanna. It's been a while, and I want to have a nice steak. One time,
0: me and Drew went to this, okay, I've seen Drew devour 75 ounces of steak like nothing, and then eat all the bread on the table, eat every possible <laughs> adobe there would be, and then eat everything, dessert, you name it, and he was still hungry, and... I've actually, and it's not only steak, I've actually went to Italian r- restaurants with you. Remember that place called La Palma?
6: Oh, sure, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, John, remember you took me there?
6: Yeah, remember okay. when we went there. That was a great place.
0: Now, we went to La Palma, and the waiter comes over, and then you gave the order, and then you were given, like, two different things. You go, I will have chicken parmesan, blah, 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 blah. I love lasagna, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And the guy walks away because he thinks you ordered for me. And you go, no, that was just for me. Remember that?
6: (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) Then the whole table was
0: filled. We almost couldn't, they almost had to bring a second table over for all the plates that were just for you and me. There was like one whole table for your stuff, but they couldn't fit mine on there, you know. It was unbelievable. And you ate all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But... But yeah. you train so hard, Drew. See, Drew, that's one of the benefits of training hard like you do, because you can eat like a pig, and you're still pretty lean. I mean, because you work, you work so hard that you burn it off. Because, right. I mean, because you tell me all the time, I'm going to go have some chocolate cake. See, like, you can eat right. huge steaks and eat chocolate cake and all that, because you work your ass off, and you can get away with it, right?
6: Yep. There's no question. I mean, <laughs> that's I train hard, so... <laughs> I'll go, I wouldn't hesitate. I won't blink an eye if I want to get a half a pound of chocolate. You know, I'm training hard. You know, I train like an animal, so what the hell do I care? It, and I eat it slow. I want to savor it. Uh, well, you know, why rush it? So I, I take my right. time.
0: You know, it could take a no, half Drew. hour guess I'll eat. Yes.
6: Uh, no, keep going. I love hearing about the
0: food. You were just telling me the other day that you have the best place right down the street. It's like a homemade place, right? And you tell me, Bob, they got the best chocolate. i got to say it like a New Yorker, you know, because oh, like, now you say you love you love coffee, right? You have your coffee, right. and you have the best chocolate. And you go down there to this place, and you get the best chocolate in the world. And what's this place called again?
6: Oh, uh, Kraus. Kraus. Kraus Chocolate. I, I, yeah, yeah. Because Drew Drew works
0: his ass off. He ends up on the floor, ready to pass out. And then after he wakes up, he goes down and gets chocolate. Right, Drew?
6: Yeah, I want to eat healthy, make sure I get the proper nutrients into me right after the workout. So chocolate is the way to go. I'm I'm only kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Chocolate, (laughs) I I will get it sometimes. And when she's on the scale, I'll say, don't worry if it goes over a little bit. Uh, It's okay with me. Drew, I,
0: I, I kind of like the way you, a lot of people don't realize that your mind is the most important thing. The way you're talking right now is is really right. kind of cool because you, you focus so much on your training, but nobody works harder right. during the workout than you do. You are the most intense, hard worker you can imagine. But then when the workout's over, you're not dwelling upon it. You're not worrying about it. You're not losing sleep over it. You're enjoying life and having a good time, Right. Right. That's good. And and I I've repeated what you said several times before one of the greatest lines I've heard on here since I began doing the podcasting was when you talked about your training log and how you're not a slave to it. You keep your notes but you're not a slave to it. And I like that.
6: Yeah, yeah. I I keep notes to it, but it's, you know, it's just for me to have an idea where I'm at and uh, you know, I don't go crazy if something's out of, you know, not in the right column. I don't go nuts. You know, right. but uh you know now, I use Drew has, to, has to a real good sense of
0: humor. At. Me and Drew get along great. I've known Drew for twenty years and we can joke back and forth. We have real good chemistry get along great and we we where our sense of humor is match like just perfectly. We can right. joke back and forth. So just to make sure from people out there who don't know us you know, you might just hear this and you don't really know Drew. Of course he watches his diet, of course he eats lots yeah. of fruits and vegetables and gets lots of protein yeah. and he eats good, you know. It's not like he lives on chocolate yeah, I cake. Do. No, he has he has a it's good true. sense of humor and uh that's what we're doing, 'cause we you know, we like to joke and have fun, you know, and that's what it's about. So and that's why he's strong, because he eats good and he lives hard and he's not worried about minor stuff like that. And I think that's actually healthy, Drew, the way you do it.
6: Well, thanks. Yeah.
0: You don't probably need to worry about this because your workouts are so abbreviated. Then you you do two or three things, and they're mainly compound movements. But uh, do you ever do isolation exercises?
6: I'm trying to think. Uh, well, once once in a great while, I'll uh, I'll consider it like an arm curl. But you know, mm-hmm. I don't really I don't really, as a general rule, do isolation exercises because I don't have the fuel for it, the energy. It's just going to take away from the bigger exercises that I want to do. And nothing right. my connections are strong. I'm not going to rip a bicep. I'm not going to have a problem with my, you know, quadricep tearing. So there's no real reason to do it. You know, it's not like they need specific strengthening on a specific uh isolation machine.
0: Right. I guess we have time for one more question, Drew. I know we both have similar philosophies on supplements, but we're not against all supplements. I asked the same question to Jim earlier, but uh, do you take any supplements at all right now?
6: I take vitamin C. That's it. Every day I take vitamin C, and that's pretty much the only supplement I take. I'm protein. I'm getting enough protein in the foods that I eat. I don't have to worry about that. I don't need specific protein drinks. So no, it's just vitamin C.
0: How many meals a day do you normally eat? Do you stick with the normal... Because I know you, you change yours a lot. You tell me sometimes you were eating twice a day, and sometimes you're I mean, I, I know you change your, your diet a lot, even though you eat healthy. And it works, because, I mean, there's no doubt whatever you're doing works. But uh, well, how, how would you describe your current diet now as far as, you know, how many times a day do you eat, and what do you like twice. to focus on and stuff like that?
6: Twice a day. And uh, I like – you know, my favorite food is uh, – I like tuna fish. So I'm always right. having tuna fish, tuna fish heroes. I love tuna fish. And, um, you know, I'm trying to, you know, trying to watch what I eat. I'm trying, honestly speaking, I'm trying not to go in and get chocolate cake. Uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'll, I'll have yogurt, which I used to hate. Now, you know, sometimes I can actually have it and it, it, it tastes all right. Uh you know, sometimes tastes change a little bit, and I'm trying to eat as healthy as I can, uh, just for life, and not for any other reason. Just because for living, it's a you know I'll be healthier. So, you know, right. I mean, cholesterol can be driven can be driven through the roof. So, I really I really try to watch that.
0: Well, Drew. We got to wrap things up, and I just want to thank you so much. Right, I'm so happy you're back from your walkabout, and everything's okay.
6: Yes.
0: <laughs> and uh, thanks again thank for you. being on the show, Drew. And we'll for sure be oh, having right, having boss. you on again
6: soon. Thanks, about, right, Drew. Boss. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Yeah, bye right, bye.
5: Don't be a flamingo. You have to do your
2: squats. Don't be a flamingo, real lifters
5: work their legs.
1: That's going to do it for this edition of Natural Strength Night on MindForceRadio.com. Please bookmark that website, MindForceRadio.com. Bob is always looking for new riders for NaturalStrength.com who are old school hardcore, write with passion, and have a strong anti-steroid stance. He also wants your training questions so they can be answered on the show. Please send your articles and training questions to Bob at mindforceradio at earthlink.net. Thanks for listening. See you next time.